0: This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Donnie Fandango of 105.7 The Point. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burden, and former Blue and NHL defenseman Jamie Rivers. Mr. Rivers? Hello. How you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there, man. Uh, are you much of a footwear guy? Like, what do you mean? Like shoes. I love sneakers, man. Okay. Are you
1: uh, Are you someone who looks for the, the look or the functionality, or or rather how comfortable they are. Do you like a comfortable shoe? Obviously, in a perfect world, you get a comfortable, stylish shoe. Yes. But if you're one way or the other, are you sacrificing style for comfort or comfort for style?
0: It's crazy that you say that because today is the only day that really I will sacrifice uh, comfort for style for one day. And it's because I'm wearing my Chucks my Chuck Taylor high tops. You don't think those are comfortable? They are not comfortable for my flat-ass feet at all. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, wearing them for one day is enough. But the other shoes I have, I like the way they look, and uh-huh. they're comfortable. It's got to be a combination of the two.
1: Yeah, so I own probably, well, entirely too many pairs of shoes. Uh-huh. I can tell you right now, if my girlfriend was here, she would uh, be poking fun at me, to say the least. Um, but, now, with the new style of, like, dressing up. So, yeah, I'm doing the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're getting on the suit and stuff. The 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 days of like the uncomfortable, stiff leather dress shoes are gone. Yeah. You know, it's now it's more like trendy, like It's like a dress,
0: almost tennis shoe almost. Almost.
1: So I went and purchased these right wow. here. These yeah. are Cole Haan shoes. I have never put on a more comfortable shoe in my life. It's That ridiculous. looks comfortable. What's it called again? Cole Haan. It's a... It's an uppity brand name. I'm just going to say that. I didn't spend a whole lot of money on them. I got a good deal, but they're cushioned in the sole, and it even has a cushion on the bottom side of the tongue. So when you lace your, when you pull the laces, it doesn't like, it's not aggressive. I don't know why I brought it up. I just, I walked around in here um, after I put them on. I'm like, my God, where have these been
0: all my life? Right. You're wearing pillows on your feet. Pretty much. So I bought like three pairs of them. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I love new shoe day. And as a, this is actually funny. So um, I think it was about two months ago, I got a new pair of shoes. I think it was like two months before that, I'd gotten a new pair of shoes. So much so, and I'm, the last pair of shoes I got, I hid from Mary for a solid three what? weeks. Dying. <laughs> because Because I had just gotten the other pair not that far before. And I knew as soon as she saw them, she'd be like, You didn't need those? Yeah. It's like, no, I don't need them, but look at how they look, honey. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. Um, When I go shoe shopping, it's in bulk, which um, I think aggravates my girlfriend because she's always like, shoes in, one pair in, one pair out. Yeah. Like, we got, like, there's got to be some kind of a rhythm here (laughs) because you've got like 19 pairs of shoes to work out in. Right. There's only 7 days a week to work out.
0: <laughs> right. You don't need to cycle through that yeah. many that
1: many. I just once I find a comfortable shoe even though it's beat up to hell I'm like I don't want to get rid of it. I can do yard work in this shoe. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with like seven pairs of yard work shoes. And you
0: see where I'm headed, right? I I, I had this- Hello, my name is Jamie. I have a problem. (laughs) I had this pair of sneakers that were my yard work sneakers, and I legitimately wore them down till they were almost completely slick at the bottom. So last summer, I'm mowing this little hill in my yard. Oh, no. And I start to slide back down, and I was like- Okay, time to retire these it's shoes. They, like, I guess I was waiting for, like, a hole in the toe or something to, like, really yeah. put a fork in them. Uh-huh. But having the lawnmower almost flip over on me, that that was a sign that we needed some new We're lawnmowing well, shoes. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way, Donnie. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, listen, a couple things going on. We got plenty to talk about. All-star game, not very far away. Trade deadline, not very far after that. we got a lot to talk about with our Blues, but we've got a bunch of emails this week, so I figured we would kind of start things off. I like emails. I do too, man. I like them a lot. Well,
1: hang on as long as you're
0: nice email right. <laughs> that, that's true you know we haven't gotten a really you know what i'm not even going to say don't it. say it but you can always email the show lmbp last minute blues podcast at 1057thepoint.com this one coming from jared a couple years ago i broke my wrist playing hockey having only one functional arm was a real handicap and things like bathing were difficult and or impossible i don't know how i would have taken care of myself if not for my wife how does this work for players who don't have a significant other? Love the show and keep recording as much as possible. That's actually a really good question, Jared. Jared? Jared well, you're Jamie, but oh, Jared is the I author of the email. I thought you messed up.
1: I was going with the odds. My bad. Um, so I've had you know shoulder injuries and broken hands, and you just figure it out. One thing I'll th- – so let's go down this path, okay, Donnie? All right. Are you a right-handed or a left-handed wiper? Right-handed. Okay. So I'm a lefty mm-hmm. okay uh, I broke my left hand one time <laughs> yeah being a left- being uh, I, this is when I started to uh evolve my wiping game, and so now I challenge myself to uh, whenever I do go to the bathroom. I make sure that I'm alternating hands when I wipe so that I'm comfortable both ways yeah and uh, <laughs> this you know Jamie, it's good that you challenge yourself I guess i, I <laughs> And this is all. Well, it stems from a hand injury right, to know. where I was strictly a lefty and then I had to go righty. And so therefore, uh yeah. So I how don't e- even know what to say
0: after <laughs> I don't either, really. I don't even know how I got it over here. Oh well. All right. This one <laughs> Uh, from David. I'm uh, sorry, man. That one threw me for a loop. David, good afternoon, Donnie, Jeff, and Jamie. Love the pod. My only gripe is that I wish it was more frequent. When looking at the Blues website, I noticed at the bottom the ability to play the podcast right there on the home page, and you even have a dedicated page on their website. Does this imply you are producing some kind of official podcast of the Blues? I'm assuming that is not paid placement. Oh, it's not paid placement. Um, I'm wondering how your pod got to be featured on the official uh, Blues page. Um I think it's pretty simply, David, that we are the official, unofficial podcast of the Blues. Yeah,
1: we're not like a St. Louis Blues podcast, like under the Blues Hockey Club umbrella, but the club itself views us as a podcast that supports their team and discusses the game of hockey. And obviously my ties to the club and Chris Kerber being the voice of the blues over at 101 and and the work. It's it's been this big intertwined kind of family. Of radio shows and podcasts and um, I remember Chris Kerber asking uh, me and, and Jeff and I think Donnie, you might have been there too uh, about if we if we were okay doing that because you know we didn't want any pressure to have to conform to yeah. certain material or content or not criticizing or critiquing which we don't yeah we do whatever we do whatever we we, whatever we the heck want, we want. Yeah. we're honest about it we're fair uh, And the blues. Enjoy having that feature. So they put us on their website and they pump out the socials every time we have a show. It's uh, it's great. It's great to have the backing of the big club and certainly in, in the podcast
0: world. Dude, and if we could just go this on me, it's a freaking dream. Are you freaking kidding me? It's the, pretty awesome. The podcast in which that I am a part of is on my favorite hockey team's homepage. <laughs> Get the F out of here. That's just, dude, that's dumb pinch me stuff. Like I can't even. And I we're going to
1: continue to evolve too. This podcast is going to continue to grow. Um, You know, we, this is the first real year out of the pandemic without pandemic rules. And so players are, you know, officially back and able to uh, participate, but you know, it's in season. We're planning on getting together at some point with a number of players, recording some podcasts, Craig Baruby, maybe Doug Armstrong, maybe, you know, some of the former blues players too. We're looking to grow the podcast that way with the partnership or the, you know, whatever
0: friendship with the blues hockey club. I really think Coach Barubi and I would be friends. I really do. I think we'd be buddies. Chief's a great guy. I know. I heard him yesterday on your show. I want to be friends
1: with him so bad. He's an awesome dude, and there's not a lot of people that don't like him. The people that
0: don't like him are probably full of you-know-what, Yeah, yeah. and he's called him out. Yeah, it's their problem, not his. Correct. Uh, Next email from Brett. Hey, dudes and Jeff. On a recent episode, you were talking about how AHL teams are affiliated with NHL teams, but not owned by them. And that got me wondering how connected the two teams really are, other than the fact that they share players. Do the AHL coaches try to coordinate match their systems with the affiliates NHL team systems in order to ease the transition to the big leagues? If not, what do they do uh, for the new guys to prepare for playing with the NHL team for the first time or on short notice? Do they just watch tape and learn the system through practice uh, during the game? That's from Brett, and that's a hell of a good question, Brett.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, The Blues are one team that does not own... Their American Hockey League team. There's some clubs that do. Uh, and the only advantage to that is like most of the time, those clubs are in the same city. Like, so the Maple Leafs own the Marlies. Makes sense. They're in the same city. They have one staff of people that's selling both teams as far as endorsements, advertisement, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the coaching staff is picked by the NHL team. So Doug Armstrong has final say over who the coaches are at the American Hockey League level. And the players, obviously, are all provided by, you know, the Blues organization. Now, the American Hockey League club can have a person that they want, and they can, you know, suggest it. And if they really push, the NHL team will usually take a good look at either a coach or a player that that team really wants. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, everything is run from a hockey standpoint by the Blues. Mm -hmm. Everything administratively season tickets, I mean, anything to do is run by the owner of that team, the business side, all that money goes to uh, the club, Mm -hmm. not the Blues. And so as far as now getting into the hockey side of it, not every American Hockey League team matches the systems of the NHL team. And I'll go back a little bit. The very first time I played on a team that had identical systems was when I played in Ottawa. And Jacques Martin mandated that the American Hockey League team play the exact same system. And I kind of was like, "Eh, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. And I wasn't in the minors. I was in the NHL. So it didn't even affect me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when we got guys called up, they fit in seamlessly. A little bit of a uh, tutoring session before the game. The coaches would grab them, get the dry erase board. Nowadays, they do video or, you know, they still have the old school dry erase board. They can show things but it was like five, ten minutes. When I get called up way back when and we were running different systems and things like that, it's a full half hour sit down. It's a practice paying attention, learning and, you know, adjusting. And so you, you're not always setting up your young players or even if it's an older player that's being called up from the minors, you're not always setting them up for success based on the fact that they have to learn a whole new system.
0: And it could be their first NHL game or whatever on top of all of these yeah. things
1: factor in. And then when I got to the Detroit Red Wings, also that was mandated there. That and we had a ton of injuries that one year and guys were up and down and all around. And I mean, it was like every night we put somebody new in the lineup, it's like they were Plug there forever. Play. Yeah. Yeah. So um I, I'd have to take a better look at Springfield to see what they're playing. I really haven't scouted any of their games. Uh, but I imagine whatever they're doing is relatively close to what the Blues are doing right now.
0: Okay, so then so then a few years ago, the Blues, um, I thought that the Blues farm team was the Chicago Wolves. Yeah, that's a
1: whole other animal, by the way.
0: Right, because... They're the... owned
1: by a very, very wealthy individual, Don Levine, an incredible dude. I played in Chicago. I was a free agent signing by the Chicago Wolves. And they, when they do that, they pay big bucks. And so they have, they have full say over what their roster can look like. Right. So what happens is the Blues would have, you know, 14 players or 12 to 14 players that they automatically would be able to send to Chicago Wolves. After that, there's an approval that has to happen by the Chicago Wolves. And then if they want to independently sign four or five guys of their own, they will do so. And the coaching staff used to be hired by the Chicago Wolves, not the NHL team. So here's the kicker. Boy. Here's the kicker. An unbelievable place to play. I mean, incredible. Money is of no object, so you get first class everything. The fan base for the Chicago Wolves is incredible. They pack the Allstate Arena all the time. I mean, it's great. The downside is that your prospects may not play. Yeah, which would be a big deal. Which is tough, because I remember, like I I just told you, I was signed there. I was playing, I was the number one defenseman there. So you're theoretically taking minutes away from a younger player that could be using it for development. I was playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. Wow. So not a lot of ice time to go around after that. So the Atlanta Thrashers were the NHL team at the time, so their top prospect defenseman played less than me. And if it was a big power play, I went out. Big penalty kill, I went out. I was 32 years old at the time. Like, why are we doing this, right? Right, right. It was backwards, but I didn't care. I mean, I was making good money, and at the same time, I'm trying to continue to play. Yeah, no, I get it from your perspective completely. But from a hockey development side, like, even as a player, I knew, I'm like, this is wrong. Like, but what am I going to say? No, I don't want to play. Right. Like, Zach Bogosian. Think about this. Zach Bogosian played less minutes than me, and he was their first-round pick. That is insane. Now he ended up being my partner, and we ended up playing a whole bunch together, which was great, uh, fantastic kid. There's no surprise that he's still playing at a high level in the NHL right now for the Lightning. But, yeah, so the Chicago Wolves is a whole other animal. The Hershey Bears are also a bit of a different animal. Uh, they're privately owned, and they have, I believe, three or four players that they're allowed to sign every year and bring in. Um, and, and there used to be some other teams, like the Manitoba Moose used to have that same Uh, agreement too. I don't know about any other clubs right now. I'd have to dive in deeper, but that is an obstacle for teams that are affiliated with the Chicago Wolves. Now I do know that over the last handful of years, the Chicago Wolves have changed a lot of that to where they're letting the NHL team pick the head coach and one assistant coach and the Wolves provide one assistant coach of their own. And then they still bring in four or five guys that they want to sign, but they do understand that those four or five guys have to play up to snuff in order to play big minutes, like Josh Levo is a product of the Chicago Wolves last year. An older guy had played in the NHL, went down, won a championship with the Wolves, got himself an NHL contract. He played a lot for that team. Right, he played ahead of some of the prospects, but it is what it is.
0: How be darn! All right, one more email here for you, and uh, Jamie, this one is specifically for you. Oh, uh, this is uh, Rick Schroeder, uh, the Ricky? Rick Show, and Wait, Rick Schroeder, not that one, Silver Spoon. No, nah, I don't think so. Oh, uh, Ricky, I'm honored. It would be cool though. I'm honored if it is. Yeah. It's, it's- Uh, An honor to have you listening to the show, I guess. The Riz Show and Last Minute Blues podcast listener who fundraises for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Uh, On the most recent podcast, I heard you specifically mention enjoying a nice glass of bourbon. Well, I have an opportunity for you. In association with the Rack House, I'm holding a bourbon raffle with all proceeds going to help childhood cancer. Ticket sales end at 6 p.m. on January 31st, and the drawing is scheduled for February 2nd. In case you're interested, here are some details, blah, 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 blah. The real reason in which that I'm reading this is for all of our listeners to be able to hear, and if they like bourbon, to be able to check this out, the Rackhouse www.com. Rackhouse kww.com. The Rackhouse kww.com. You can buy these tickets until January the 31st. Drawing is scheduled for February the 2nd and all kinds of bourbon, like all kinds and i'm sure that yellowstone 101 proof 2002 blade and bow blood oath pack number seven which doesn't sound like something <laughs> anyone should consume uh you know and all kinds of Let stuff but see that list but it, we're again talking it's, here because uh i i don't know if you know
1: this donnie um i'm a bit of a bourbon guy Yeah, a little yeah. bit of a connoisseur oh, as my it were goodness blanton's weller oh yes All right, I'm going to the Rack House right now. Uh, Okay, so the Rack House, let's let's dive into this a little bit, okay? The Rack House is about five minutes from my home. Oh. It is an awesome little restaurant in Cottleville, Missouri. I highly suggest that anybody who likes great food, great environment, and it's bourbon heavy, okay? So they have a full bar, they make any kind of drink you want but they have an incredible list of bourbons and they're in house too. So if you like Pappy, which is like the big deal, okay? That's very expensive, Donnie. They've got Pappy and they've got Blanton's and they've got all of the they've got Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare. They've got all of these amazing bourbons available. So this event uh, I highly recommend that people buy some tickets and if nothing else go out visit the rack house it you won't be sorry
0: so like when you by the way rack
1: house sponsorship still available (laughs) on the last minute (laughs) very
0: very much but so like when you go out and like you know you and your lady are having a night out like do you like go with with one kind of bourbon for the night or do you Mm -hmm. like mix up different kinds of bourbons throughout your night i don't know how that works as i'm not a drinker very
1: much yeah so it depends on you know where we are first of all um and then it depends on the kind of mood I'm in. Sometimes instead of going like straight bourbon right away, because that's usually how I drink it, I'll order like some kind of an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. And I love a very a good old fashioned. Some places make it just a little too sweet, which is not my cup of tea. I like it to I like it to have a little bite to mm-hmm. it. And the Rack House they do what they call a um, a smoked maple uh, old fashioned. Ah. So what happens is they take I believe it's Knob Creek bourbon. And they make an old-fashioned, and then they put this little chunk of wood with a screen on it, and they fill it and they with a blowtorch. Like, How and they smoke it. They cap it, and your whole glass fills up with smoke and the ice and everything. How cool is that? And then when you take it off, you know, you get. I usually get a little sniff of the smoke because it's usually like some kind of a cherry wood or something to it. Yeah. Uh, and then you take a sip, and it's just incredible. I mean, it's incredible. So it's- I'll usually tickle an old-fashioned at first if they have the smoked Capabilities, I'll go there for sure. I'll try one of those. And then, depending on what I'm eating, you know, I'll either go like a glass of red wine if it's like some kind of a steak place or a steak meal that I'm having. But I usually finish it up with a nice little pour of bourbon. Yeah.
0: Very nice. It's so, there are so many great places to eat in our town. It, it I mean, like, it just feels like every week you could go to a different spot that you've never went to before. And just find an amazing place to eat, different kinds of food all over. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. it. And I love good service. Okay? So, like, I love going to
1: places where the staff are happy to be there. Mm -hmm. And they're there to make your night better. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, this is not a get-off-my-lawn moment at all. But people work hard for their money. And people work hard in the restaurant business. I know it's a very demanding job. But when I'm spending some money and I'm going out to eat, it's because I want to relax. Mm-hmm. It's because I want to enjoy the evening. Maybe it's because I want to have a great date with my lady, or it's a buddy of mine, want to have a nice dinner. I want it to feel special. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be like Ruth, Chris, like off the charts, like special, special. Like those are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love I love those places. But even like a place like the Rack House, I just want to feel like it's a special night out. Yeah. And I can tell you this firsthand, because I've been to the Rack House several times, it is always awesome there. And the the girls behind the bar, they'll have different flights of bourbon too. All that means is they've got like th- different kinds and they put them all in little glasses on little, a little plate. Yes, almost. you can try. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah. try they'll come up with suggestions. I remember my girlfriend was ordering a, I believe it was a Manhattan. And they asked her, you know, what kind of bourbon? And she was like, I don't know. What do you suggest? And she's like, I really like this one. And made, like, that's the kind, that's one time that, that made the night special. Yeah. Not just like, well, I don't know. Pick one. Oh, okay. They're,
0: they're all good or something like yeah, that. They're, yeah, they're
1: all good. Okay,
0: fine. So, anyways, that's my, um, I don't know, not a rant. No, 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 no.
1: No, not I, a rant my, at all. My thoughts.
0: Absolutely. If you've got an email, send it to us for our next show at lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. That's lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. You know how crucially important it is for you to have a good family dentist. And man, do I love our dentist. And listen, if you need a dentist for your family, maybe you don't like the dentist that you're going to now, Dr. Maxwell and the staff at Crestwood Dental Group are going to take amazing care of you. I know it. Crestwooddental.com or give him a call at 314-820-0909. Dr. Maxwell, one of the proud sponsors of the Last Minute Blues podcast, a rabid St. Louis sports fan, and... I mean, even better so, one hell of a dentist. Listen, I know that my dentist is always learning. He's always learning what's next, what's new, what's going to make my trip, my next trip to the dentist office, that much easier. My kids aren't afraid to go see Dr. Maxwell like I was afraid to go to my dentist when I was a kid so they don't have that phobia already. It's just in and out. Also, my kids have braces, Dr. Maxwell, you know, working with the kids orthodontist to make sure that, you know, when those braces come off, those smiles are going to be knockouts. So find out more about Crestwood Dental Group and Dr. Maxwell, crestwooddental.com as well as uh, give them a call at 314-820-0909, Dr. Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group. So, we've had a uh, we've had a lot of fun. Now it's time for Donnie to uh to uh, completely uh, bring it all down. Uh, let me tell you this. Okay, What's wrong? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to you as a blues fan. Um, what did I do? You didn't do anything. Uh, but as a blues fan, I keep hoping for one of these like runs. You know, run uh, like a winning streak. And I understand when you've got Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and Tori Krug out that it's really tough. But the longer that this goes of kind of win a couple, lose a couple, that sort of thing, the more I'm concerned on the direction of the team for this year, and then the more I'm convinced that this team's going to look a lot different next year than it does.
1: I don't like your attitude, Donnie. I at
0: understand But
1: honestly, I want you to <laughs> shut your own mic off at this point.
0: <laughs> and this is the exact opposite mood I think that I was in last week, so who yeah. knows where I'll be this week. But you know, man, like, it it doesn't <laughs> feel like they're creating a lot of headway for themselves, I guess. But yeah. under the circumstances, I understand it. It's just... You know, man, we're into January, halfway through January.
1: I know. I'm with you, okay? I see it, too, obviously. I mean, I'm working a lot of the games, and if I'm not, I'm watching them diligently, and I go over the video and dive into it. And It's just a team that is going to be up and down all year long. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Now, could it change? Of course. Everything can change, you know, but they put a couple of games together, they look good, Then they have a game where they play two periods instead of three, and it bites them, or they play one period instead of three, and it bites them, or they just have some bad luck, or the opponent's just really good. Um, right now, the power play's not working for them. It's not going well, so that stinks, too, because for a little bit, your power play was doing really well. You're winning some games. It's just going to be up and down and all around, I think, for the rest of the season, regardless of what the oreilly terasenko situation end up being at the deadline or past the deadline. uh, You know, I think that Doug Armstrong has to look, he has to look at the team that is currently here and how can he improve it? And, you know, short term, long term. I mean, we hear that all the time, but short term, army doesn't like to lose. Mr. Stillman does not like to lose either. Okay. So, you're not gonna go through a teardown. We've talked about this before. And they don't need to do that. You don't need to, and you just can't. You don't have the ability. Mm-hmm. And if someone's listening, go, well, well, how come they don't have the ability? Because you have too many contracts that have lots of term left on them. Five years plus, which means those are impossible to just get rid of. Mm-hmm. And and so and nor would you want to No, because you've got a good core here. You've got with a good young core, guys, you're gonna have to rework some some things. Um There's players that are going to have to up their game. You know, like Jake Nabors is doing a great job right now. I'm not putting the world on Jake Nabors' shoulders right now. I'm talking about next year. Mm -hmm. So the development he makes this year, carrying into next year, then he carries a bigger role. He's a full-time NHLer. Now you can start to rely on him. Uh, Braden Shen, you know, he's a great piece. Brandon Sod's a great piece. Thomas and Cairo are good, Booch. Like, you have a lot of really good pieces in place. I think that on the back end, you're going to have to rework some things. You know, Mikola's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I can't remember where Robert Bortuzzo is on his contract. He might have another year left. But, you know, what do you have with Scandella? What do you have with Perunovic? What are you going to do with Mikola? What about Rosen? And then you have to reevaluate there because I think there's room for improvement overall mm-hmm. with the, with the D-Core. You're obviously probably going to give Joel Hofer a real opportunity to be Jordan Binnington's backup next year, which is great. Mm-hmm. So the goalie position locked down. Um, for the most part, your forwards, pretty good. Now you need some dynamic in there. You need to add some dynamic somewhere. So because you're losing, theoretically could be losing Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty dynamic player for a lot of years. He's had some injury problems. I get it. But when he's healthy, he's as good as almost anybody in the NHL and he's a Stanley cup champion. You don't have to replace that unless you re-sign him. Who knows? It's a wacky world. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ryan O'Reilly, how do you replace that if you decide to go in that direction? Because not only is he a really good player, he's your best 200 foot player and he's your captain. So, how do you replace that? Who do you target in the offseason? We'll see. You know, we're not going to get into players that should be here and that right now. Once the deadline comes and goes and we see kind of the direction that Army's going in, we'll break down some things, we'll eyeball some players. Yeah. But this club is not far off. It's
0: not. It just seems a, that, that that's the thing that kills me the most, Jamie, is if they stunk and you could see them stink every night, then you go, eh? well, they're just not good. And you can move yeah. on with your day. But they have these times where you're like, that's my blues, but they just can't. The consistency of it all is just something that they've continued to battle. Yep. So I've already prepared myself for the Tarasenko loss and the Ryan O'Reilly thing concerns me. They both concern me, but the Ryan O'Reilly thing concerns me, and you just said it. He's our best 200-foot player. He's the guy that every single night he's out there, we know that he's giving 100%. And if he's gone, Braden Shen is going to flip and kill himself trying to friggin' defend everybody and be in that guy. Well, that's
1: where you need to bring in somebody else. Yeah. So so maybe your pivot is that Braden Shen replaces Ryan O'Reilly, and then you find somebody to replace Braden Shen, meaning take his spot where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or you go, or you really try to resign Ryan O'Reilly. If the number in the term is what you like as an organization, you know, I I, I would personally really try to keep him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: not, not at all cost, because I think there's a dollar value that is right for him. Uh, 7.5 is not mm-hmm. the right number. I'm a big believer in somewhere around five. You know, if you give him a three-year 5 million contract, I think you're fine with that. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, an excess of money, at least 7.5 from Vladdy coming off the books. I do think that if you have the opportunity to move on from Vladdy, I think you do. And I think if I'm the player, I think you do too. Yeah. I think it's run its course. It's fine. I don't think anybody's mad at anybody anymore. I don't think there's any like ill will. I just think that it's it's time. time. Yeah. That's all. And so you target some guys out there that are point of game players. Or, you know or a guy that's close to doing that and could get there but you get value for him maybe you get a six or 6.5 on a guy that can come in and give you 60 to 85 points. I don't know a lot of homework that's going to have to be
0: done by Doug Armstrong
1: and his scouting staff.
0: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable to me. And like I say on the podcast all the time, this is where I would be the worst general manager of all time because I'd be doing this with my heart and not. Yeah, with you, the, can't, you have a, to
1: take your soul and put check it at the door before you go into your office. And that's the
0: one thing about Ryan O'Reilly and about you know a, a team friendly contract or whatever. You know that Doug Armstrong is going to have this is the most that I'm going to spend for this guy, and it's not going to go over a dollar over that. Yeah. Or, or or Rhino will walk. I mean, that's just what's... I mean, Doug Armstrong does it his way. Yeah. Hello, David Perron. And I think that maybe we lo- are looking at that again this summer, p- potentially.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. A lot to happen between now and the trade deadline.
1: Um, With this Blues team, I feel like weekly... We have a different point of view, and we have a different feel for how things are going. Dude,
0: hundred percent. Okay, so I want to ask you a couple things NHL wise uh, before we before we get out of here today. Uh, about a year ago, uh, you and I are in this room. Uh, we got Jeff, and we're talking about Bruce Boudreaux and the turnaround of the Vancouver oh, Canucks. Bruce, there it is. They, they they win eight in a row, or whatever it is. You know, Bruce is bringing it back to Vancouver. But man, has that ship sailed? What in the world is going on in that organization? Because not only does it look like that, it looks like Bruce Boudreau's already out. It looks like Bo Horvat wants out. Like, what is happening there? Yeah. Because that's a good organization, right? That's a place people want to play too, right? For the most part, yes. They've had
1: some ownership problems in the past, but I think they, the Acolinis right now are a good group. I think that they're trying their best to put together another. Good team in Vancouver because the league is better with a competitive Vancouver Canucks team. Um, you know, for whatever reason, it's not working. You know, Bruce Boudreaux, I, I think Bruce is a, plays it fast and loose. Like I think he he's a real um, offensive minded guy, and I don't think he necessarily focuses enough on the defensive side. I don't know this to be true. I've never played for Bruce. Mm-hmm. I just watch his teams, and they're fast and loose. And Jim Rutherford who was in Pittsburgh, who's now in Vancouver, I don't think he has particularly enjoyed Bruce Boudreau being there as a head coach. He doesn't like his style of coaching is what I gather. I mean, he's literally talking openly and candidly to yeah. the media about the fact that he's talked to other coaches but, but while it, his guy is still coaching. But Rutherford brought Boudreau in.
0: Boudreau has, I don't remember if he did or oh, okay. not.
1: I think he was a hire, and then Rutherford got promoted to GM or something. Okay. All right, all right. I could be wrong. Okay. So if the listeners are Googling stuff, I mean, please, by all means, hit me up on Twitter and let me know if I'm right or wrong. It's fine. Um, Whatever it is, even if he hired him, he doesn't like him anymore, or he doesn't think he's the right fit anymore. And now they're talking about Rick Tockett is a shoe-in for the job, and so much so that it got really awkward last night on TNT for their national broadcast because Liam McHugh or somebody said, oh, oh, you're still here. And Rick Tockett's like, well, I haven't signed a contract Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's like, wow. How poorly! I mean, this it, seems it doesn't like look good on on the Canucks. This at is why all. people like. This is one aspect that I absolutely, thoroughly, one hundred percent respect about Doug Armstrong, is you have never ever been able to tell what his next movie is through the media. That's true, man. And it's good that way because these are people's lives and emotions, right? Like whether it's a coach or a player or whatever. You don't hear it or see it played out in the media or Twitter or social media in general. Army doesn't let it happen, and I, I I respect it tremendously because in today's day and age, it's really difficult to keep things on lockdown. Yeah, and damn near impossible. Army has done that, and it's it, this is a, the Vancouver Canucks is an exact reason why you want things on lockdown. That's a that's an ish show right now. And if you're the Accolini's, you're the ownership, that's what you want? Oh, your, your team being
0: a mockery right yeah. now? No. No, you don't want that. So I've heard many a rumor that uh, Toronto really wants Ryan O. How? Who doesn't?
1: How? how Let's do just you... be honest for a second. There's not many teams in the NHL that don't want Ryan O'Reilly.
0: Now, at what cost? Of course, that's sure. the debate. So do you. Do you see everybody being suitors? Do you think that there's a particular team along with maybe Toronto that really kind of lines up, you know, well for 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 him? Any team that's a contender is in line for him. Yeah, cuz he'll push him over, he can push him over the top. N- name your pick your pony.
1: The Winnipeg Jets? Uh, yeah, we'll take them. Dallas Stars? We'll take them. I know those are division teams, probably not going to trade there. Vegas right. Golden Knights? We'll take them. Go through the Edmonton Oilers? Oh, we'll God. take them.
0: They would love him up they there. They would love
1: him there. The New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, any Colorado Avalanche. I know all of these teams, like some of them are taboo, but my point is they will take him. The Panthers, the Lightning, you name it. So the good thing about that is that Army will have no shortage of suitors who want Ryan O'Reilly. And so he'll be able to hand pick the team that gives him the best return for that if he decides to go down that path. Right. as far as trading. him. Let's we... not forget, too, that there's always a possibility of trading and signing. Absolutely. So what I mean by that is it happened with Keith Kachuk way back when. Doug Waite, too. and Doug Waite, yes. yeah. They were traded at the deadline and then re-signed with the Blues in the offseason. So it's possible that Army is cagey and trades Ryan O'Reilly to, let's say, the Maple Leafs or the Florida Panthers or somebody. Mm-hmm. Gets an incredible mm-hmm. return. He goes to market. Blues re-sign him. So now you've gotten these prospects or these draft picks in return for Ryan O'Reilly, and guess what? You get Ryan
0: O'Reilly back. Right. That's a win-win all the way around.
1: Now, it's only happened a handful of times in the history of the NHL, and a couple here at St. Louis, but it is possible. Yeah.
0: Uh, Do you... I still am getting mixed messages as to whether or not Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays are going to be moved from Chicago. I hear mixed messages yeah. as to if they even want to go. No,
1: I think they do. They I think do. Patrick
0: Kane has had enough. Okay.
1: Um, I don't, Jonathan Tays is on record saying I, I cannot do a reboot.
0: Okay, okay, I'm I, I sorry. I
1: misunderstood can't. that then. So I think the same boat is a lot of the teams that are in on Ryan O'Reilly will be in on Jonathan Tays. And the cost of doing business might be lower there because uh, of the impact that Jonathan Tays you know, what he'll get. I don't think he's as good as Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Um, so some teams that can't jump into the deep end and hand over whatever they want for Ryan O'Reilly might go, okay, door number two is Jonathan Taze. We got a deal. Whew. And Patrick Kane, anybody who's a contender wants him for sure. Especially if the Blackhawks eat half the salary and all of a sudden you've got Patrick Kane passing to whomever. P- take your spot. You know, Patrick Kane on the Toronto Maple Leafs power play. Uh, Patrick Kane on the Rangers power play. P- put him anywhere.
0: Man. Is Boston the team to beat in the NHL right now?
1: I think they have to be. I mean, their record speaks for itself. And there are rumors
0: that they could get Bo Horvat?
1: Yeah. Whoa, baby. Yeah. And I ba- don't want that. And Bo Horvat, we go back to the Vancouver Canucks. I-, I don't think it's that he wants out of Vancouver. He wants to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had a solid career, and this year in particular has been off the charts. And so he wants to be paid like an off the charts player. And I don't think the Vancouver Canucks cannot do that if they're looking to get this team fixed in a hurry. So I think that that marriage is just going to dissolve
0: because of um, the business side of it. Nothing personal, right? I'll be darned. Well, it's getting to be about my favorite time of the year. I love the trade deadline in all sports. It's absolutely amazing it's about to get crazy. Do you think that the sal- that salary cap issues will kind of maybe keep this year's trade deadline tapped down a little bit, or... It, it, it didn't do it last year.
1: Like it didn't Teams it didn't. are finding ways around it. You know, a lot of times teams will take a third party involved in this, and what that is is one of the lower teams, or a team with cap space. And, you know, Steve Eiserman was a broker for a couple of deals last year, and he made, look at how quickly he's been able to rebuild the Red Wings because he's done this, is, let's say, hypothetically, you uh, Vladimir Tarasenko wants to go to the Rangers. Let's just say this. Right. Pretend world. The Rangers don't have cap space. So what, what happened is the Blues would trade Tarasenko to the Arizona Coyotes. It's all hypothetical. The Blues retain 50% of what's left of Vladimir Tarasenko's cap hit. You then trade him from the Arizona Coyotes to the New York Rangers, and the Coyotes retain 50% of what's left. So now you're getting Vladimir Tarasenko for like a million dollars, $1.5 on your cap. That's all you have to do now to make room. So now you send a player to the Coyotes, back for that, and the return then is the Blues at the same time probably going to send a draft pick to the Coyotes for facilitating
0: the deal. Dude, this is amazing. Yeah. I want to watch a war room of this stuff go down one day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, be a part of the calls or whatever. I mean, not be a part, but just, like, see it go down. It would be amazing. Well, I guess it wouldn't be phone calls as much anymore. It's
1: probably text messages. No. No, a lot of guys do the phone call. Prefer so that they don't have it. You have to remember now, you can't necessarily trust everyone either. So you start firing off text messages about this guy's available, this guy's available. People take snapshots. People look at it. And you know what? Uh -uh. So the old school mentality of, hey, can I give you a call? Hey, I got something. Hey, this sure. And they got the phone. And away we go. Phone call after phone call after phone call. And that
0: way there, nothing ever gets taken out of context. but, But for all intensive purposes... The trade deadline is happening right now, right? Or or is this still the lead up?
1: This is still the lead up. I think what'll happen is, um, you know, two, three weeks out, maybe two weeks out, you'll see action. Teams have, it's been a new pattern where teams get ahead of the deadline. So if somebody wants to do some damage as far as acquiring a player, they'll get in on it early so that there's not a bidding war for Mm -hmm. said player. And they'll try to throw a real nice trade to the other team and get it done. So that when the deadline comes, they've got their guy. Right. And they're not sitting there with four other teams trying to outbid each other. Overpay or or whatnot.
0: Man, oh man. Well, Jamie Rivers, as always, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. My
1: pleasure, buddy. All right. Thank
0: you very much, everybody, for listening. As always, it's the Last Minute Blues Podcast for Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. I'm Donnie Fandango. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear every episode at 101espn.com or 1057thepoint.com. Let's go Blues.